Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay. Uh, and joining me today is my very good friend, uh, Becky Alcatar. Say hi, Becky. Hello. Becky is the founder and author of Journey to Wholeness. I was going to try to do it for you, but I totally can't. <laughs> Tell us who you are, Becky. Uh, I'm Becky Alcantara, the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges. So today we're talking about... Um, disappointment. Disappointment. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's such a great time for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know what time you're listening to this, but I feel like no matter what time you're listening to this or what for month sure. or what week... It's always a great time to like look at disappointment in our lives because it's so easy for us to find that, especially if we're looking for it. Absolutely. And this year has definitely been a year in which we have had to face our disappointments, where we have been introduced to many disappointments that we didn't anticipate. And so we always like to start our uh, podcast by defining what we're talking about um, and def- Disappointment is a form of sadness, a feeling of loss, an uncomfortable space, or a painful gap between our expectations and reality. And that's really the key in uh, helping us to really deal with our disappointment uh, that we're facing. I had an expectation and that was not met. And there's something wrong in my world now because of it, or else I perceive that there's something wrong in my world because of it. And so really disappointment can be a great tool for us to assess really where we hold our values and what we're putting our hope in uh, and really our thoughts on ourselves and, and the state of our our, our heart and our mind. Uh, scripture says, examine yourselves, right? And so I think anytime we face some disappointment with anything that we encounter, it's an opportunity for us to say, you know, where am I? What was I putting my hope in? And why was that so valuable or important to me? Yeah. You know, what I've been doing a lot lately because um, I'm old is like, I'm really into the origin or the source of words. So to be disappointed means the opposite of being appointed. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, I wonder like, sorry, that was unexpected. And so I'm just, I wonder, you know, wondering like, how is that Normally, we don't associate those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm either happy or I'm sad. We definitely not aren't disappointed or appointed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just I wonder where the root of that is. And I feel like, for me, it, it goes back to what you had talked about because I, it's where I'm putting my hope and my trust, w- what I'm relying on, right? And that I need to find things that are eternal, things that are absolute, things that are true. Right. And so, as soon as I put them in things that aren't or that can be less than that, that's when I'm setting myself up for disappointment. In my relationships, in my profession, in my everything, I just feel like, you know, as long as we're trusting in something or putting all of our trust in something that's not eternal or not permanent or not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that you brought up the root word of that and really in thinking of it in that way. I'm just like we can think of disease as dis-ease or something unsettled inside of me. Uh, I I love that, um, that you point that out because really the reason why disappointment is so... Um, burdensome. It can feel so impactful. It can feel so heavy. Is that it's primarily uh, processed through our emotional uh, self, so our emotional brain. Uh, there's actually one small region of the brain that scientists have identified. Um, it's called the ha- I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, habenula. Um, so anyway, this actually is the the part of your brain that shoots off. Um, 
uh, direction to set out dopamine, which is your pleasure chemical. And when you're disappointed, that actually gets shut down. So think about that. So there's no chemical that's helping you to overcome that process. Um, you're feeling then rejected and disconnected. And so you can see if you're processing it emotionally, how then you can quickly um, attach that to some type of uh, reflection on your identity. So when you said that it's being disappointed or not appointed, now you can feel like, well, woe is me, right? things never go right for me. It must have to do with how good I am, whether I deserve it, whether I was smart enough. Like we quickly attach it to things that are really deeply rooted in us when really we shouldn't do that. Um, and when you're that disappointed with something, you have to ask, why was my identity wrapped up in that? Why am I taking this so hard? Where was I putting my hope? Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, I, I was just looking up to find out what the relationship is between disappointed and appointed. Yeah. And so, um, so I went to the internet because everything's true okay. on the internet. <laughs> and so, uh, when you were disappointed, like at first that was losing a position or a job you'd been appointed to and expected to keep. Mm -hmm. And so that's how disappointed, you know, got to be associated or that's how disappointed is, a, is associated with appointed. Mm. But then, you know, we just kind of, you know, like we do so often with our words, mm -hmm. like we just like use a similar situation. Like I lost my position to which I was appointed to. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're, I don't know, it feels like it was a verb and now it's a adverb yeah. <laughs> or something. You know yeah. what I mean? And yet again, you were selected for something that now you're no longer qualified for. Right? right. And so I felt like I was selected for this thing to happen in my life. I believe that even God ordained it. And now because it didn't happen, that must mean, and we fill in the blank and we put in a narrative. And how is your self-talk? How is your mental state? Do you let a stream of negative thoughts rule your life? Are you hard on yourself? We have to think about those things because what comes up, right? What's in our toolbox? What is in our reservoir we've talked about in the past that I go to and I retrieve from to explain why this thing happened or did not happen? And so um, it's very telling for us. It's a good opportunity. Um, psychologists do say that, you know, there's like a, a sequence that happens for somebody when they meet with disappointed. That first you withdraw. Um, so like think about somebody disappointed with what's going on in the world right now. They they take themselves off of social media, right? I'm, I'm doing a blackout, Instagram blackout. Uh, I'm off of Facebook. Um, I can't deal with this, so I'm going to withdraw. And then we avoid our feelings, right? Because remember, disappointment runs through our emotional brain. And so now we're trying to disconnect with that. So whether you do that by, you know, watching television or, um, you know, having a drink or whatever it is that null, numbs the senses, the emotional senses that are trying to help you to process it. And then we start to attack ourselves. I'm flawed. I'm ignorant. I'm different. Um, and then we start to attack others. So we get back on Facebook and then we write in big letters, right? Why? Because we're trying to defend like now we're doing that comparison game where we're looking at other places and wondering why we didn't achieve or get these things, but someone else did, and it seems unfair, and so now we turn and attack others. So it's it's this process, and I think we've seen it over and over, even in the last few days. There was a quietness. Uh, people withdrew a little bit. They're uncertain about the future, and then they're back on social media to really defend or look for reasons why, right? They're now entering into the reasoning phase of what they're trying to process, which is exactly what we should do Um but we have to separate that emotional piece from that reasoning piece. Otherwise, you you mix those two up, right? And suddenly you believe everything passionately that you're saying, 
but you're saying it out of a hurt, right? You're saying it out of a defense. You're not, you're reacting rather than responding because that emotional side of you is still amped up and we have to be able to address those things. So there's a saying that goes, sit with disappointment, look it in the eye and listen to what it can tell you. And that is so important for us. You know, why am I so disappointed right now? When we're trying to heal from something, when we're trying to recover from something, we have to ask the who, what, where, when, um, where you're looking for your wholeness or happiness. And too often we look in the wrong places, right? We look to someone or something. And like you said, as we started out, those are temporal things that are going to disappoint us. They're not long lasting. Um, and if we put the weight of ourselves on them, it's going to crumble because it's not a strong structure. It's not something that really w- that was uh, designed to hold us. Um, so what were you relying on, expecting to change, provide or save you, Um what were your expectations? And and to start out, we really have to just acknowledge that. Like, did I have an expectation in this event happening to define me or to provide an out for me? You know, what is it that I feel like I need to be safe from or provide it for? And, and that didn't happen. So now I don't have anywhere else to look because I'm not sure where to look because I had so much weight on that expectation. Hmm. You said something just a little bit ago that I just want to go back and visit. You talked about how the our reaction to something negative happening is is disappointment mm-hmm. and that sometimes we don't we don't want to sit in our disappointment we don't want to we don't want to work through our disappointment because it's hurt right it hurts it's difficult it's difficult it's painful it's you know uncomfortable mm-hmm. right so then we try to find a different way to do that so some sometimes it might be to you know uh Sav that pain, mm-hmm. sav, sav, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. like, to put you know, a sav on shop, it. Yeah, yeah. you know, or eat or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Drink, right? Or it might be to like broadcast our disappointment so that people feel sorry for us or people, or we recruit people, mm-hmm. you know, to our pain, right? So that way, I don't know, misery loves company, right? right and so, right. like, the more people who are sharing it, maybe it lessens the burden right. on us and I have to do all the lifting myself. Yeah, it validates where I'm at, right? So we want someone to acknowledge that this was painful to us and I'm okay to stay in this place for a while. But progress takes work. Yes. Progress takes pain. Probably Progress mm-hmm. takes uncomfortableness. Discomfort, yeah. Dis- oh, discomfort's a better yeah. word. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like when we when we think about the things that we try to do to be healthy in our body, right? We think right. about doing things at the gym or we think about eating a certain way, right? right? And none of those things are fun. Right. I mean, some people, weirdos, <laughs> you know, oh, I can't wait to go to the gym. I'm going to And yeah, it becomes fun, right? Because now that just remember how that the brain works if that part of us is shutting down that dopamine release, it's not going to be fun, right? Because we're disappointed. And so we're doing this in punishment to ourselves. And yet, when you get into the swing of it, and you start seeing results, now, again, you're uh, experiencing pleasure, and the dopamine starts releasing again, because you've counteracted that. So there's things that we do have to do, like you said, in the pain, to actually get the wheels rolling again, toward allowing our brain to know that, okay, this was a blow for me, but now I'm looking at this rationally and I'm going to make efforts, take steps to go in the right direction. And when it sees you do that, right, when it's like, okay, we're in a good place, it will release those again. And so it Hmm. seems like a little counteractive, like, well, why can't you just release it before? But if you think of in terms of evolution of ourselves and our survival, uh, it's too important for us 
to actually acknowledge why something disappointed us and what we were looking at and putting our hope in to survive. Uh, because if it's in the wrong place, um, if you uh, fell in love with a poisonous plant, um, it's going to kill you. And so you had to have a distaste, a bitter taste that you felt some displeasure, you felt some discomfort, you felt some disappointment that that looked pretty, but it tasted bitter. So now I'm going to remember that it's not going to allow your brain to release those chemicals because, again, it doesn't want you to pursue them in the future. It's just making a memory marker for you, right, to help you to survive and to get better and mm-hmm. to be better. And so that also applies to our emotional and our um mental experiences right what did i experience what was i anticipating and i'm not going to reward that for you so that you don't get stuck in that place i think that's so beautiful i wonder if there's not like another less obvious but deeper reward in in topics like this and topics like exploring disappointment rather than just again reacting to our disappointment but like examining our disappointment like what was it here that i expected and why did i expect that yeah and like was it reasonable to expect that? Yes. Whether that's something of a person or something of a circumstance or something, you know, like, was that reasonable? And where did that come from? Where did my need for this to turn out this way come from? Yes. So all those questions seem like, okay, who's got the time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> right? Like, I feel like that's a thing, yeah. but I feel like... But if you're devastated and you feel heartbroken about something, I mean, think about some of the disappointments you've encountered where it literally felt like a pierce to your heart, right? Like you had a physical, physiological reaction to that event it's important then to take some time with it, right? Because it's going to rob time for, from you otherwise. It's going to keep you in a place where um, it sends you in the wrong direction. Uh, because of that physiological response, um, people who experience de- disappointment can actually be triggered into a depressive state, right? It's the asking you to slow down to assess this. And so... I get, I, I have been that person who has time for that. Like seriously, like how many things do I have to explore here? And yet the more that I do, the, the more I have put in my reservoir to retrieve when I do have the next disappointment. Mm-hmm. I don't linger in that place. I can say, okay, why did I feel that pain of disappointment? What's actually going on here? And that process becomes really quick. Just like when you start out um, working out, you're much slower in your pace than anyone else in that room. And then in a few weeks or a few months, you're, you're rocking it. You're on the top of the leaderboard. The same is true for how we access and understand our emotions and our, and our brain function is that once I understand the inner workings of it and I've uh, develop that muscle, that process went from a half hour of sitting with my journal and thinking about something or, you know, looking out the window or going for a drive to about three minutes of, okay, here's what happened. Here's what I was expecting. Okay, let's correct that now. Yeah. So it really is that quick, but it is those questions you ask, what, what, who, when, how, uh, what do I believe in that I think that it's a certain, the only thing or a certain thing can, that can make me happy. And then who, uh, we believed that a person, place, or thing was the only thing that could fulfill our desires. Why was that? You know, why is it that you didn't believe that you had the capability to do that? That you were relying on somebody else. Uh, when, like, are you setting a time limit? Right. So, do you have unrealistic expectations about how this should go and how long it should take to get what you want or to? achieve what you need remember life is a marathon not a race right and too often we treat things like a race and then how like how did you get that idea where did you get that thought that this is the only way that it's all going to come together for you right and so scripture tells us in jeremiah um 
that curse is the one who draw uh, trust in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, right? And so when we're looking to other people or we're looking to situations that come from other people or if we're looking for an opportunity that comes from a person, we have to know that they're mere flesh and they're flawed, right? I don't know that that person has gone through this exercise and is healthy enough for me to even rely on a tad, but I know scripture says don't rely on those things because they're temporal. We as humans are temporal. We're here for a certain amount of time um, and we make mistakes. And so when we rely on a person or a thing to happen, we have to assess like, what, what was I thinking? Who was I relying on? And did it make sense for me to rely on them? And then when was I setting an expectation in a bar that was unrealistic? And so I was setting myself up for disappointment. Um, and then how did I get that idea to begin with? Where did that come from? Is that something that's rooted in my family? It's like an agreement we've all made. Is it a commandment of my family that we all kind of like live by this thing? Is it something that I developed? that I had an experience and I decided this is my expectation now. And really it was the wrong place to put my expectation. So we really have to just take a little bit of time to consider those things when you feel that deep pain. There are little disappointments that don't bother us as much as others, right? But when you're feeling devastated by something not turning out the way you thought it was going to or that you hoped that it was going to, what did you believe that was actually going to do for you? Because you really, really put a lot of weight on that. And you have to consider why I put my weight on that. What am I lacking? Where am I not looking to that I should be um, so that I don't put myself through that again? Mm. I feel like, for many of us, <clears throat> if we do that thing where we don't deal with our disappointment, if we don't examine our disappointment and try to cover it up or put it off, like with you know the things we talked about, shopping or drinking or eating or shop. Mm-hmm. I said shopping. Shopping right? again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or you know trying to recruit people to your cause. Right. We're only putting off what must be an inevitable attempt to heal that to like mm. fix that and if we just keep putting it off right i feel because like, i was thinking about that this morning like i was thinking about like old wounds right and if i don't take the time to fix the old wound like the wound doesn't go away just because i've forgotten about it that's right that then in fact the wound you know can fester right can like get all gross and like gangrenous right or whatever and then <clears throat> at some point i'm gonna have to deal with it either to fix the gangrene or to cut off that part of my body, mm-hmm. right? Like, and yeah. I'm not trying to make the fact that you didn't win the lottery last night. Last night was Wednesday, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, if you didn't win the lottery last night, you know, and so now you're super disappointed, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about things like that, but I'm talking about ways that you've been disappointed by someone treats you, right. or you know how a job worked out, or mm-hmm. you know a, a a pastor or a priest disappointing you, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't deal with those things and find out what were you were expecting, or why Mm -hmm. to who what when why i don't Mm -hmm. remember what your things were Mm -hmm. if you don't deal with that you're gonna let that wound just fester yes and maybe it maybe it just is okay but maybe it gets infected yeah it's really uh i've heard the term that our our brains are hoarders right so our brains stockpile all the information that you gather including the disappointing memories that you have experienced, right? And so every time you have a new disappointment, all of the other disappointing memories will tag along. It'll like, oh, there's our friend. And it'll rush to that place and it will mount and mount and mount, right? There is a root reason why you have experienced multiple disappointments and they may be related. That's what your brain is trying to say when it gathers those up. And so each new disappointment can feel weightier and weightier 
And they are because that's what your brain is actually doing, saying, hey, there's something here. We think there's a correlation. We're not quite sure. I love thinking of uh, that uh, Disney movie, In or Out, right? It's like they all got together, all of the emotions, all of the thoughts, all of the reasonings and said, here's this information. It happened again. This is a problem because it's not contributing to the wellness and the goodness and the wisdom and the knowledge and, and the growth of this person. So let's keep mounting them up until they pay attention to them and address them. And so, uh, yeah, it's our brains are hoarders. If you're feeling like the disappointment is mounting, you have to consider, are these related? Now, maybe um, you haven't gone through this process yet and you don't feel like you could actually um, tie those strings together because right now it doesn't seem obvious to you. Then who is somebody who has walked the path of self-awareness and has walked the path of understanding themselves a little better? Uh, have they attended a journey to wholeness? Have they seen a counselor? Um, can you go see a counselor? Can you attend a journey to wholeness or a like program so that you can learn a little bit more about this and then have people who are on this journey as well to help just to observe and to maybe point out some correlations they might be noticing, some things that they've noticed in themselves that they can share with you so that this doesn't seem like uh, a big project, right? It doesn't need to be. That's not God's intention. He wants you to be relieved from these pains and disappointments, but we have to do the work to understand ourselves so that we understand how he is trying to show us these things so that we don't have to struggle with them on a continual basis. Yeah. In and Out was a 1997 movie with Kevin Klein where he's like this actor who kind of goes back to his high school and he comes out as being gay or something. So that's not the movie you're talking about. I feel like you're talking about oh, Inside Out. Inside Out. Thank right, you for Pixar. clarifying. People right. would be really confused <laughs> and be like, we're, we're... no, it's a cartoon, right, but yes. it's a great one. It really is a great one. <laughs> so I just want to make sure I clarified that before we got. <laughs> you said that. I didn't even catch. I said Any further. <laughs> any further. So what are the, so I know, I feel like we've touched on those things, but before we move forward, let me, let's just talk about like the, the real and tangible dangers of, of sitting in your disappointment, not to, not to fix it, but to, to wallow in your disappointment. Like what are the dangers there? What are the yeah. real dangers there? So when you stay in a, when you linger in a place too long, right, you're releasing, uh, biochemicals in your brain that can overwhelm you, right? Those biochemicals are meant to help you and to stimulate you. However, when you have, uh, just like anything else, when you're steeped too long in something, uh, you can have Food is good for you, but if you have too much food, it's going to help hurt you. Uh, exercise is good for you, but if you do too much exercise, you can really start to damage your body. Same thing is true with disappointment and sitting in disappointment. Uh, remember, if, if the ability to release dopamine in your body has been shut down because you're living in disappointment, now uh, you're having trouble to controlling those emotions that are asking you to depress, right? So now you're stressed about something. So cortisol is releasing your body. We know the effects of cortisol long-term can be very damaging to your organs, to your cellular structure, to your immune function, um, and to your thought processes. Really, it's flooding your brain and causing you to be limited in your ability to cr be creative when it comes to getting yourself out of this place. So it's meant to stimulate you, to encourage you to address these places, to sit in that 
and uh, look at them, but not to remain there. And so when we remain in that place or we have a constant barrage of disappointment that we don't address, right, we think it's going to go away, we ignore it, we, you know, walk away from it, we're allowing those things to flood our body in a damaging way. And so that's why um, people who experience long-term disappointments can fall into a, a depression, a depression that you'll need help to get out of because now it's a chemical uh, reaction that has happened that is... Um, taking over your brain and your body functions, um, and now you need help to get out of there. Mm. Uh, so it's so important for us to acknowledge that we need to address the the multiple disappointments that we've faced. It got hard for a little bit there as all of our expectations came down one by one. It felt like one brick after another was taken away until we did feel like, really, what does our world look like? Um, what is our foundation? I feel shaken. Uh, how do I address that? If you haven't spent time in addressing that um, then it's been building up and now you might need help to walk out of that. So just some really practical things on how to how to do that, right? I, I love practical. Uh, and the first thing we have to do is we have to acknowledge that there was disappointment, right? Too often we try to go, well, we're just going to be positive. We're going to move on. We're going to let that go, right? But we didn't actually acknowledge the disappointment that happened so that we can identify why was that disappointing and why was that so deep within me, right? What was my expectation there? And then and then just sharing that with someone else. Hey, I thought we were going to be able to do this and that didn't happen. And I'm really disappointed about that. That sharing, that's great, right? But saying, isn't that horrible? And shouldn't we all be upset about that, <laughs> right? Isn't yeah. helpful, right? So there's different types of being aware and, and having acknowledgement and having someone else say, yeah, that was really hard. I'm sorry that you went through that. But the next question is this, what are you going to do next, right? right? I'm not saying don't be there. I want you to pause like for an uncomfortable second and say this was disappointing. And if you're feeling emotions about that, release those emotions, right? Disappointment runs through your emotional brain. Allow it to do the work it's trying to do. It's trying to release that disappointment. Whatever came up in you, it's trying to release that. Don't stifle that. Too often we stifle it thinking we have to be strong or push through. No, we actually have to release that so that our reasoning brain can start doing the work of actually figuring out what do we do next then. Um, and then uh, the second thing you can do is change your self-talk. Instead of saying things like, I can't go on, or I'm a terrible person, or and allowing phrases like that to trigger even bigger um, disappointment in you, right, that is attached now to your identity. And if it's attached to your identity, now that's shame. And there's no reason to be ashamed of having a disappointment. The question is, why did you have that hope to begin with? Um, we need to change our self-talk. So we need to say things uh, that are more powerful, but still true. So I'm not saying just to pretend like everything's okay. Um, but you can say, but I can still go on. I can still do something productive. That's true. You might not have what that productive thing is. You you might not know yet how that looks, but those are true statements. You have the ability to make a change. You have the ability to understand yourself better. And so you have to state those to yourself, right? You have to remind yourself of those things in those moments when you uh, feel disappointment. And then actually make a plan. And if, if you're having trouble, uh, you can Google really <laughs> online about disappointment. It'll tell you how to make a plan for what's next. But until you understand why you were disappointed, really, you can't make a plan, can you? You don't know what to make a plan around. Um, now that I understand that I was putting my hope in this, and what can I do to strengthen myself so that I feel more capable of handling those things in the future? Uh, what can I do? Can I reach out to a friend? Can I take a class? Um, 
can I prepare myself for the future and the things that I want to do today? I might not be able to do them today, but I might be able to make a way. I might be able to start the process of learning better so that I feel more confident in myself. And then again, like we said, uh, get help. If you're having trouble piecing these things together, reach out to a Jesus friend. Reach out to someone who has done the work and is self-aware. Um, you know who that wise friend of yours is, not the one that tells you, yeah, I know what you mean and we'll stay in this place together and we'll rail against the world, but someone who uh, loves you enough, uh, who will be honest with you and say, yeah, you know, you kind of do these things and you hope on these things. And um, here's what I see just to help you identify. And then who would sit there and go, maybe if you try these things, um, it would help when you're not feeling creative. Remember, if we release the disappointing emotions, then our brain will start to light up in the creative and the rational parts uh, so that we can actually start to move forward with a plan. You, know, you touched on it there just a little bit about um, reaching out to maybe a Jesus friend. And so, as always, I want to figure out what, what, in what way would a relationship with Jesus or a, or a, a faith in God, in what way would, can that help us with disappointment, with chronic disappointment or with, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'm going to reference that scripture back in Jeremiah 17 again. Um, it goes on to say, um, let's see, curse is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from your flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. And I want to just highlight that. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. And it goes on to talk about uh, the tree planted by the water, who will not uh, have worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Uh, and then it tells us the heart is deceitful above all things. And really... There's when we place our hope in something temporal and we're disappointed, then it becomes more and more difficult to see prosperity when it comes, as the scripture says. Um, when we don't have hope, when we don't have our footing on solid ground, when we don't have a confidence in something that's long lasting um, or something that's reliable. Uh, and that can be ourselves because when we put our faith in God and we fill ourselves up with his word and what he says to do, we gain a confidence is what the scripture is telling us. And when we gain that confidence, then even when things get difficult, uh, we don't worry. We don't jump to conclusions. We don't feel like our faith is faltering or our faith in ourselves is faltering uh, because we're now standing on solid ground. And then it says, we'll never fail to bear fruit. And so even when we see um, things not going our way, where we have this ability to say, okay, that didn't work out, but I learned these things from it. And now I'm going to use those to move forward. And I continue to produce fruit in my life. And so just uh, that line, uh, they will not see prosperity when it comes. I know that that's how the brain works. If I'm focused in one area, that's what I'm going to see, right? My brain is going to collect data on the fact that life is hard and nothing's working out. That's the script I've given it. And so it's going to gather all of the information to support that thought, that statement that you made, right? Oh, you believe that's true. Let's see if we can find evidence for that. And so it'll look for that everywhere. But if I put my focus on God and goodness and trusting that, you know what? 
this is a difficulty. This is a challenge, but I have hope that it's going to work out. I have confidence that it's going to work out. It may not look how I thought it was going to look. And so I have to have some flexibility, some growth there. I can't be fixed. I can't have a fixed mindset on this is the only way and the one way I can go. Nope. There are multiple paths and my path may not have been the right one. I may have drawn the map uh, a little off, but I know that God draws the map with a Sharpie and he knows the path and always has. And I can hope in that. And I can have trust and confidence in that. Now my brain is focused in a different direction, looking for evidence of that hope coming up. I think of uh, the story of uh, the Moabites and the Israelites and Elisha coming and they needed water, right? And they're looking in the sky and there's like, no clouds and they're like there's no clouds there's no clouds and Elisha sends his helper out a couple times saying look for the cloud look for the cloud and what does he come back and say I saw a cloud the size of a hand I mean was he like was he like delusional was he imagining it I don't know but he was looking for that prosperity he was looking for that hope and so he saw it right would someone else have seen it if they go it's never going to show up I don't believe this guy right Mm. and you look in the sky and you see a a cloud the size of a hand and you're like that's not a cloud that must be like a reflection or a speck or a bird or something like that right and then you miss that opportunity that on-ramp that's what the scripture is talking about there that's where it can help us when we put our focus and fill our cups with the positive, with life-giving words, with the hope of and the confidence of words that are life-giving and promises that are life-giving versus focusing on our disappointments. Yeah, you're reading and and referring to the uh, verse in Jeremiah reminded me of Psalm 27, where David is writing uh, just, and you know, David's like a, I mean, he's like an army general, right? Like he's like, you know, a king and a general, right? And in his war career started like with Goliath and he mm-hmm. you know, slayed him and then slayed everybody. Right. right. And so like, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And so in Psalm 27, that's chapter 20, verse seven, he says, some trust in their war chariots and other in their horses, but we trust in the power of the Lord, our God. So good. So good. So good. Like there's no reason why he shouldn't trust in his war chariots right. or his war horses right. or his spears or right. his swords. They've proven themselves to him before. Right. And yet, what do we know? Those things get worn out. Right. They don't bring the things that are long lasting. In fact, those are things that have brought pain and difficulty. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, it's not easy to do those things. It was tiresome. I'm sure he was exhausted most nights sleeping out where he was. You know, he'd much rather have been in his uh, castle. Did they have right. castles? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Palace. <laughs> his palace. That's a better word. Um, in his comfortable bed with his servants, right? And so he knew, like, I could have faith in that, right? Because it's proven, but I know that that's not long lasting, that I have to look somewhere else to tell me who I am and to look to if I want to get through this, if I want to persist, uh, not only survive, but to thrive, right? I, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah, that's good. So listen, Becky, if people want more information like this, mm-hmm. I know that they can find it on other episodes of this podcast, the For whole sure. podcast. You can find it on all your favorite podcast channels. Or if they want more information about Journey to Wholeness, where can they find yeah, that? Yeah, check out our website, j2wholeness.org, the letter J, the number two, wholeness.org, for lots of resources, uh, podcasts. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and a blog and uh, lots of things for you to check out as well as classes locally and coming soon classes online that you can attend uh, to get more information like this uh, through journey to wholeness fantastic listen if you enjoy this podcast or thought 
or think you might know someone that could benefit from some of these words, we'd encourage you just to share it with them and tell them this is a must listen. You can also subscribe to this podcast, uh, like I said, on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to support uh, Life Church and our podcast endeavors, because we're uh, always doing more and more of these, you can visit lifechurchgreenbay.com slash give if you want to support our podcast efforts. Listen, it was great having you today. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you the next time we get together. Thanks. Thanks.